Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on the Middleman Radio. This is the Middleman Talk Show. This is your boy, Al. And this is Kevin. And this is Jen. And this is Nick. What the hell? That sounds like some Teddy Riley. What was that for? That sounds like some Teddy Riley. Man, Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley drinks the whole internet. Throw in the towel. <laughs> Throw in the towel. <laughs> oh, man, what man. happened with that? Like, like what? What? Trying what to was be going cool. on? Like, Trying to be cool. Like for real? For no. real? Like so, face okay. Was, face was playing the cool, man. <laughs> I, I found out he was irritated. What happened? He was irritated. Yeah, he was pissed off. But I found out today what happened. Teddy was trying to simulcast on Instagram and on his website. It was playing on his website, too. And it was fine and perfect, but the signal was echoing off of each other. That's what you call doing too daggum much. Now, I get it. I think that we should be in control of our platform, but in the process, he screwed the whole thing up. Right. He he completely screwed it up. He screwed the pooch on it. Man, let me tell y'all something. If y'all wasn't online last night just looking at that whole crowd, uh, man, Nick, you going to make Teddy Riley find you and he going to put some hangs on you. Nick had 30 memes <laughs> within 30 seconds. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? I'm man, they were proud. Like three of my memes went viral last night. I was actually pretty proud of it. <laughs> man, listen. When you got uh, what's his name? Um, the comedian, the dude that played football. Um, John. Oh man, what's his name? He does the uh, dancing around. He he on Omega. He's an Omega. Um, yeah, what is his name? I had a bunch of the guy that do the barbershop. Um, um, yeah, he does like with the uh, the big. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Look, he did a, a rendition of what Teddy did last night, man. When them background dancers came in, dude, I almost cried, man. He, He's like, ain't no more show tonight. Get out. 
Well, you know, he just announced that they're supposed to be doing a rematch tomorrow night. Why? Tomorrow, yeah. That's why I said Teddy gonna need he gonna need to take a class in diversified technology for about a good semester (laughs) before they have this rematch. That boy said diversified technology. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, I was seeing Babyface anyway, so I'm not so sure. You know, he was gonna win anyway. Well, Well, let's make no mistake about it. Hold up, hold up. Hold up. Did you just say Babyface wasn't gonna win? No, I said he was going to win. I said Teddy Riley oh, was going to oh, win. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, look, they played, they played three records, and Teddy got smacked three times. Like, so if we're going by just what was played, I mean, he, he – and, and then right. – I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it. I ain't going to get into it. I'll be tuning in tomorrow, but I just hope he doesn't do like he did on Saturday and ruin the, ruin the evening of over half a million people. Look, man, I'm I'm just really surprised Babyface ain't just falling asleep while the whole thing was going on. He looked asleep. But doesn't Babyface have coronavirus? He He's recovering. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he don't have time. He need, to, he need to reserve his strength. All I know is Babyface did not look a day over 45. So don't. And and I did not up, believe man. he was 61. I said, bruh, what <laughs> vampire coven is Babyface from? He didn't beat he's been, he didn't beat time and the coronavirus to come on Al Gore's internet and get embarrassed by this foolishness. Babyface deserves it. That's all I'm gonna say. Right. Right. Yeah, that makeup job was excellent, man. That dude looked real good for that age, man. But you know, black folks don't really Really aged that bad like that, man. You know what I'm saying? He looked real good. Kevin, why you saying the guy had uh, makeup on? Yeah, like, why are you trying to slit, like, read him? <laughs> he is straight. You are straight shading him. Like, you're straight up shading him. Like, this is, there's no, what you will not I mean, do is besmirch the good name of Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, the man yeah, who has with the people. For the In reality, this whole catalog trumps Teddy Riley. Like, there's really no comparison. Like it's it's just no comparison. Like it's fun. It's all fun and games, but it's it's no comparison. Look, right. you brought out those two Bobby Brown records. Bobby Brown records. I was like, ooh, and we we didn't even get into Red Light Special by TLC. We didn't even get into Can We Talk by Tevin Campbell. And and we you ain't even got to touch the boys, the men, Whitney Houston, Michael J. All that. Look. Look, I love Teddy Riley. I really do. He is the the father of New Jack Swing. I love him. I really do. I was tuning into it because I'm like, okay, it's the two R&B legends, but let's make no mistake about it. There's no way you can ever compare the catalog of Mr. Yep Yep Teddy Riley to that of Timothy <laughs> Face Edmund. Just can't happen. Did, did speaking of that really quickly, did you guys check out the Pointer Sisters movie on Lifetime? I mean, not the Pointer Sisters, the Clark Sisters. Uh, not the Pointer Sisters movie. But what you will not do is disrespect Dr. Maddie. That was the Clark Sisters. That was pointing them. We are not. This is, this is, this. yes, I did. That was the best Lifetime movie that they, uh, like, they, yeah, after that debacle of, uh, the Aaliyah movie. This was this 
this was a good way to come back. I really enjoyed yeah. well, it. Well, you know, I was a bit disappointed because there was so much meat in their story. I was left wanting more. Like, it really should have been like a five-part, like a five-day miniseries, like a whole week. It, it really could. They had that much meat in their story where I wanted to know so much more about their lives. Um, but but it was good. It was good. I just I just wanted more. Well, see, the days of that are over, especially for – I'm not being funny when it comes to our stories because a lot of times they don't see value in a, a five-night miniseries. Uh, Belle Bill DeVoe was on The Breakfast Club a couple months ago talking about that because originally what they were trying to negotiate – was a five-night uh, miniseries for the new edition story. And anybody who saw that, we all know, you know, for a lot of us who lived, we were young, but who lived through a lot of that, like, there was so much more to the story, and they went into great detail between that story and the Bobby Brown story. So I, I just, I don't think that, you know, in a situation where we don't control a lot of our network, you can't really make that negotiation anymore. But I agree with you. There was a lot more to the Clark sister story that could have been covered. Yeah, yeah. But well, I haven't seen it. Y'all check it out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, man, look, they got some. What up? They got some real good um, historical songs. You know, it's real and bred in us in the South. So, I think it was a good, good showing that they did on that. It's a good, it's a good I'm show. I'm not mad. It was a good show. I'm, I'm waiting. On, I'm waiting for that Master P biopic. That's that's what I want to say. Have they done That's that one yet? No, it I don't think done. so. They should be done. Uh, they should think. be done. So Percy got yeah, his thing. That'll be a good one. I mean, to me, there's a lot of good stories. They still haven't touched. Uh, I want to see Jodeci. Um, I would love to they see can't, guy. Uh, Mister Dalvin has not signed off the life right. For uh, well, Jody is he st- is he movie. still doing lounge singing? Is he still a lounge singer? I mean, let's be honest. You couldn't pick Mr. Dalvin out of a lineup. He hit you upside the head with a bat. <laughs> you know. I'm just asking. I remember the last time they said this brother was a lounge singer, you know, in, in Vegas. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I know that they did advertise the, um, the, the the salt and pepper biopic for Lifetime. And I know that. that uh, right. Well, it, it, it might. It might. You got to give it some, you know, it, it might. Um, and then I know that they are in the last negotiations for the Drew Hill biopic for BET. Uh, but it's, it's a hard thing, man. A lot of people don't want to sign Drew up for those lights right. Lord have oh, yeah. Drew Hill. Well, hmm. Eh. Well, man, let's get let's get into it, man. I, I I think we man, we need to bring back talk of the town. Uh just to say it, man, put it out there, man. I we're in the process of putting together this YouTube page and just going back listening to some of the old shows, man. Talk of the Town was a very dang good show, man. Nick, you did a wonderful yeah, job I'm, on this show. I must commend you, my brother. I must commend you. I appreciate that. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah you, I'll bring it yeah, back. Uh, I'll be on the live show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, we own the mug. Oh, okay. Yeah. Talked about that well, in the production I, meeting, brother. Uh, I'm saying, like man. <laughs> I got, you know, and also I got to commend Jen, man. Just, topic. I can't give enough big ups to Jen for for her stuff. She, I mean, I listen to Jen, man. Jen had some great points back in the day, Al. 
Hey, big ups to Jen no. as well too, man. Y'all know how it is. Go ahead, let's get let's get you to know how it is. All right, so on on to today. So today's topic: Will Biden be enough in 2020? So as we know, Bernie Sanders has backed out of the presidential race, and Joe Biden is the current uh, Democratic presidential nominee. So on tonight's show, we're going to discuss the following subject. So will Joe Biden be charismatic enough and relatable to win back the presidency for the Democrats? Who will he choose for a running mate? Will she be a black woman? Will Joe Biden be enough for black people in general in in 2020? Will he turn his back on us if he's elected? Also, what should the agenda for the black community um, include to demand our vote? Will he or the Democratic Party fulfill any of their promises to black America? And since COVID-19 has sidetracked the focus of the election, it's all the coverage done on purpose like the lack of coverage of the presidential uh, race right now. So also what policies Bernie Sanders introduced uh, will or should become a focal point for Joe Biden. Will Bernie supporters also support Joe Biden as well, too? So these are the things in which we want to uh, talk about today. Definitely want to hear what you guys think about this particular topic. Uh, But we're going to move on with... Does Joe Biden have enough? Does he have enough to take the presidency back for the Democrats? What are your thoughts? No. I'm going to let our politicals go ahead and handle that. You say no, Jen? I say no. And I say, you know, it's really, I was really surprised, you know, you know, for the, the primaries that have happened that, you know, Joe Biden just had this leap you know, in in you know the numbers, and and he was just winning, 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 and then just kind of dusted Bernie Sanders. It really took me back. Um, you know, as everybody knows, you know I belong to a lot of different groups, participate in a lot of you know um, um, group like Democratic Party groups, and you know groups like MoveOn.org. And the census from everyone that I know is that everybody was pro Bernie, and then. This just kind of, to me, it fell out of the blue. And I think that what happened, and this is what troubles me about Biden, is that Bernie had, and we know that America has a history of kind of ousting people that want to fight the classism war and, and take on a war on poverty. I do not see Biden having that as top priority in his agenda and as far as African Americans go, he might have these paid off people that like to shuck and jive for the, you know, major DNC party. But for the everyday man, until he attacks some of the war on poverty, that's gonna trickle down to a lot of things that are that are not relevant and aren't gonna touch the African American community and other community other minority communities. Uh, hmm. Well, what do you, you say, I was not surprised. I was not surprised in, in the least bit. Here's the reason why. This, Joe Biden's presidential, presidential election campaign took a turn for the better because of South Carolina. Why? 
Georgia, South Carolina had the largest at that time black vote electorate out of yeah. all the states that they had done, right? And everyone knew that he was extremely popular among older African Americans, particularly in the South. So I was not surprised because the reality is this. And, and as a person who in the 2016 primary voted for Bernie, Bernie has had a problem with the African American community going back long. He did not see value in campaigning enough. For prime example, when he suspended his uh, his rally in Mississippi to go to Michigan because he figured he had a better shot after he got his behind smacked in South Carolina. Those are the types mm-hmm. of things that voters look and that's the type of stuff that happened in twenty sixteen. He got decimated. Hillary Clinton decimated him in the South in 2016 in the primary. There was just no getting around it. He, he, goes, he was absolutely decimated. I think that what happened was, particularly with a lot of older voters, Bernie's message has not been on par with his 30 years in politics. And this is the reason that I say this. You can say you know, he says, I'm an outsider, I'm this, I'm that. But, bruh, if you're 30 years in anything, you are not an outsider. That, that's, that's, just a, that's, just, that's just the cold truth about it. He bounced back on a few issues that got him in trouble with some younger voters in, of the African-American community, particularly when it came to reparations. You know, he kept saying, he kept dodging the question, oh, I'm going to... You know, sign uh, with the HR 40 the first day I'm in office. All that says is that you're going to take a look into reparations. We've been looking at reparations forever. You know, so it, it, but then as, as, as early as just a few weeks ago when he was on the view, he said, I don't think that uh, reparations can be solved with writing out a check. And, and, and he hmm. caught some flack for that. He, he caught mm-hmm. some flack for that. So I wasn't surprised at all. I think a lot of people were waiting for someone else that was more of an establishment type of Democrat to take the lead in it. But it's like one by one, they all faltered. First, it was Kamala Harris. Then it was Pete Buttigieg. Then Elizabeth Warren started moving a little bit more to the center. But by, by that time, it was a little too late. And then it was like, well, maybe Amy Klobuchar. And, it just, and everybody was problematic because of one thing and one thing only. You cannot win the Democratic primary without the support of African Americans. You cannot. Right. It is let me, numerically let me, impossible. Let me, let me, let me, right. But the thing is, do you think, Nick, do you think, look at, look at Joe Biden. There is something wrong. There's something wrong. Now, to me, Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden doesn't support reparations. He doesn't. Right. He doesn't support reparations either. Um, You're absolutely right. No one really did except Warren, Elizabeth Warren. I think she might have been the only candidate that did support reparations. Um, no, Tom Steyer did so too. So what is it Tom about? Tom Steyer was adamant about reparations. Tom Steyer was absolutely adamant about reparations. Oh yeah, yeah. But I Tom get what was. You're yeah, he was. But he didn't get any play. He, he, his agenda actually was more to me aligned to help. Um, the African American community than a lot of them. I think Elizabeth Warren is mm-hmm. way, way too left. But Tom, he had, you know, he he talks about the redlining, 
the redlining for, mm-hmm. you know, schools, about loans, you know, about the, the disproportionate uh, of, you know, African Americans not getting loans and small business loans. Um, but he just got overshadowed, uh, and his agenda mm-hmm. just never popped out to people. So let me ask you all yep. this: like, in order for Biden to move towards like the next, the next level, like to make sure that he has the, you know, the nominee, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna win. What does he have to do for the young vote and the black vote in order for us to get out in the polls to vote for him? Because there are a lot of people. Um, I've read a few articles where, like, there are some Bernie supporters who are not fully transitioned, thinking that they're going to actually vote for Biden as of yet. I don't well, think there's anything that he can do. I, I don't. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Nick. Right. No, no, no. I, I would, but that's exactly what I was about to say. Well, here's the thing. Stop. The first thing you got to do is stop trying to turn Bernie supporters. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's got now, and there's a, there's two types of Bernie supporters. You have you have mm-hmm. the supporters of his policies, and then you have the Bernie Bros. And unfortunately, the Bernie right. Bros. are just as bad as the Trump supporters. This blind trust of it's Bernie or bust is completely antithetical to what he says his platform is. But the problem is, mm-hmm. how can you expect them to get behind the Democratic Party when the person that they've chosen as their de facto leader? only identifies as a Democrat when he's running for the presidency. Bernie is only a Democrat when he, and I like Bernie, but he only, he will not take a bet on himself as an independent, which is what sticks out to me as a person who deals in political strategy. He won't take a, a bet on himself as an independent. When it comes to running for president, he's going to run as a Democrat. Now, in terms of what Biden can do, there's really nothing that he can do. The reality is he no longer has to fight Bernie, which was the biggest obstacle. It's April. It's the end of April. It's about to be May. Realistically, all he has to do is not do anything stupid until about August because he's at a clear path to the nomination. There's just no getting – there's no getting – there's literally no one else. So he's – and we've never seen this at this point in in the election. Mm-hmm. He's on a clear path to the nomination. I mean, I mean, uh, are the people confident in Joe Biden? Do they feel like he will be able to push through, carry out win, and then also change some things to make things better? I don't I think, think anybody's confident is that Yeah, I, I think Go the country ahead, is at a stagnant point. I think the country is, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, people say, oh, that's Joe. You know, we all know he has these senior moments now. We all know he, you know, makes these mistakes. He'll get the nomination. Um, he'll move forward. And I think the people will either the the what do you call the Bernie bros won't show up or they'll vote the right in Bernie. I think Bernie will be in the ticket anyway. You'll have people yeah. that will just right now, it doesn't matter who's in there, they're just gonna vote against Trump. And then you have the Trump supporters. I think at this point in our country, no matter what happens, unless he does something completely horrific, it just is what it is. If you took a poll today, I don't think in November um, anything will be any different. I don't I don't foresee people changing. I do not foresee him, like even Joe Biden, turning over Trump supporters. I don't see him, but people that, you know, were strong Trump supporters, I don't see him them flipping to Biden. 
I think it will just lay as it lays. And that's very scary. Um, I, I personally believe that Donald Trump will be president um, again for another four years. Uh, just based upon what happened in the last election, and I don't see a different environment. I don't see excitement in people. People are exhausted. People are scared. They don't really even know how we're going to vote in some kind of situation. Um, are we going to do it by mail? Will everything be okay to go to the polls in November? Um, I think people, will, a lot of people won't show up, and the ones who will show up, that we are, they, we already know how they're going to vote. Yeah. <clears throat> well, just just looking at looking at the candidates, um, it's something that I did pose, but we didn't put in our questions. Is age a factor? Because if you look at both of them, Trump is three years younger than Biden. Uh, Ronald Reagan, when he was in office, he had Alzheimer's. So, I mean, is this something that we really need to pay attention to as the voting population? I mean, Trump is off his rocker. Biden, at times, like you said, Jen, he just don't seem all there. So, I mean, what what should we do as a population when we're looking at the candidate that's potential and the one that we have at the current time? Because, you know, a lot of people are siding with Trump because, oh, he speaks his feelings or he's the, the man that's standing up for us or whatever the case may be. But when you look oh, at Biden, dog looking for white supremacy. Well, I'm just saying, though, man. I understand. You vote for the person who's going to put people behind them. Uh, Biden is uh, is used to working for black folks. He he worked for his boss was a black man for eight years. You know, he's used <laughs> to working with smart black people. He will put black people in his cabinet. I think he will. Yes, he will I put agree. black people in his cabinet, and him putting black people in his cabinet and having black people on his team is the best that we can do. Well, Jen, this is the thing, and then we have a caller that we're going to go to. This is just my opinion. Regardless of Biden, Biden working with a black man or with black people, that does not mean that he's relatable to us in that fashion. Because even though he was with Barack, none of that rubbed off on him. He's not charismatic enough for me at this point. And, and I don't need him to be Barack. I want him to be something totally different that can connect with the people, and I don't think we're going to get that from him. But so, uh, I think that right. the people behind you help push the agenda. Do you think that, that Trump knows what he's doing? No. Oh, he no. has people no, no, behind no. him telling him to push this, push that, say this, say that, do this, do that. Um, you know, this is how you should think. This is how you should feel. I, well, Biden, when I think personally something has happened to him where he maybe had some kind of stroke or dementia or something like that, he's going to be in the same type situation, and you want the people pushing him and the one who's holding the strings. I want them to be people of color, and I want them to be women, and I want them to be a diversified group so we can have some sort of voice in the mix. Right, right. All right, let's get to our caller. He's been waiting patiently. Bill, what's going on, brother? What's up? How you? How's everybody doing today? Oh, doing man, well, Bill. Doing how you well. doing? Good, good. How are doing you? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. So listen, uh, Jan, I agree with you. I want it to be all black people as well. I would love that. Uh, but at the same time, we got to meet the diversity quota. So you know how that is. Uh, but I got work. I got wind that someone thinks it may be Stacey Abrams may step up to be the VP. So. Mm. I'm 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 really mistake. thinking about that one because that's I do too. I, I think I don't, it's a mistake. You think that's a mistake? It's yeah. gimmicky, then and them white folks don't like her. They don't like her. They don't like yeah. her. We we trying to win. They don't like her. Well, so so here's the thing. Here here's the thing. 
when you're talking about your presidential and your presidential candidate and your VP candidate, there has to be a dynamic where one picks up where the other is slacking. And look, yeah. I love Stacey Abrams from my hometown, Gulfport, Mississippi. Love her. I think she is dynamic in what she does. But in a situation to Kevin's point where Kev said himself, Biden is not charismatic. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. neither is Stacey. It doesn't translate very well on TV. And that plays a factor. That plays a factor. One of the things that made Joe so appealing when Barack was running was that Barack, we all know Barack had to play a very calm role. He didn't want to come off as that angry black guy, anything like that, which gave Joe the, the leeway to be the aggressive one. He could be aggressive and he could do, like, if you guys remember that debate with Paul Ryan where he absolutely decimated him. Barack mm-hmm. couldn't do that. He had to be the statesman. He had to be this. He had to do that. So your VP candidate has to be someone that can pick up where you have some faults, and unfortunately, Stacey does not do that. Now, so that's, here, just, here, you know, that's my, just true. Here, here's where I stand on it, okay? I, I feel like, and this is just my theory, I feel like that it will be a woman, and for some odd reason, I feel like it's going to be a black woman. The reason being is because the Democratic Party is aware that they have to gain the black vote right now. And I feel like yeah. they're willing to go the ends and the outs, the wins, the ends and the outs to bring in a black woman to get the black vote. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I now, agree 100%, Bill. Because if they don't I, do it this time, it's enough black people that are vocal about it. Black people have been aware for, of it for a while, but there are enough people that are vocal about it now about the shortcomings mm-hmm. of the Democratic Party when it comes to black people. And if they don't deliver for black people now, they will absolutely lose a large portion of the black vote, and they cannot mm-hmm. afford that. They'll never hold any office again. <laughs> yep. It's just That's true. That's true. Because right now, the, if, if you look at it, the fight, they're fighting. We're, we're fight, the Democratic Party is fighting a, a, a fight against itself. Due to the fact that the, the Republicans is feeding information to our supporters to make it look like we're not worth anything. And so that, that that's continue to pile up and continue to pile up. Now you got this, this, this party that's divided against each other. And like you said, once once I feel like once that happens, if it and I don't I don't want it to happen, but if it does happen, I feel like it's gonna to get to the point where a lot of people are gonna switch over to independent. Which brings me to my next point of why Bernie is running for a Democrat running as a Democrat rather than an independent of which he really is. I, I mean, mean, I, I thought about that too, Bill. That's a great question as well. I mean, um, I don't know why he didn't do it. I mean, that probably would have been maybe the next they probably paid thing the for him. Money. Probably. I mean, because <laughs> I, mean, I, feel, I feel like he would, he would pull a lot more people in the, on the independent side. I mean, he's already getting their vote anyway. Most, most independent people, most independent voters usually vote for Bernie because he, they, he shares some of their values. So I don't know why he's not voting and he's trying to pull the Democratic supporters over there to him. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. And this goes into why Bernie actually dropped out. Because there's a real reason why Bernie dropped out. And I can't wait for the campaign finance report to come out to support my theory on this. Bernie has always campaigned on the fact that he can deliver the coveted youth vote 
And Bill, you brought this up several times. Here's the reality. It's millennials, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. I mean this in a, in a very good way. If millennials voted their numbers, the actual numbers of millennials, and just the ones that are registered to vote, if they actually voted their numbers, they would outnumber almost any other electorate. They would have a problem with your quote-unquote super voters, which, who, who are generally your older voters, and those older independents mm-hmm. are the ones that have been voting for Bernie. But when you look at the exit exactly. polls on things, state by state, the youth vote when it comes to overall, not just for Bernie, but the youth vote overall, you're talking about 6% in one state, 5% in another. Eight. At the height of it, it's 10. And so his message resonates to a younger audience but that younger audience will not go out and actively vote. And that is what's been screwing Bernie up. Now, in terms yep. of why he suspended his campaign, it goes along that same line because he refuses to take corporate PAC money. And we can have a discussion about Citizens United, about how elections should be publicly funded, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on that, but with everyone, with the 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 rumblings at that time of the shelter in place, people being self-quarantined, you know, practicing social distancing, a lot of people were going to lose their jobs. And for someone whose campaign is financed by the people, it was either going to be used against him to say, you're, on, you're taking money from the people who are broke right now, and you will see the dip in his, in his, um, in how much money he raises. He does a very good job of raising money from the people, right? When you look mm-hmm. at it, I think in February, he raised $46 million. None of that was corporate tax money. None of it was any lobbies, anything like that. But in comparison, Trump raised $86 million. So when you take the majority, the, all of your, you know, who's financing your election, and you wipe, let's say you wipe half of that out, that's why he dropped out. You can't finance his, his election anymore. And traditionally, the largest people that you're reaching are not going out and voting. And that's why we don't mm-hmm. see Bernie Sanders right now as an active candidate, as opposed to because had, the, had COVID-19 not happened, Bernie would still be in this until June. And, and, to, and to Kev's point about the age, make no mistake about this. And I say this even as, quote, unquote, radical people think he is. If Bernie Sanders were 20 years younger, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I really, and that's that's why I really, I, I have to, I don't want to point any fingers, but I got to blame whoever, who, whoever's over his media or whatever it is, he's not reaching, he's not reaching his, his, his base by voting. He, like you said, he's just, he's just all about what he will do instead of, hey man, I need, okay, I'm telling you what I'm going to do, but I need you to go vote as well. He's not, I don't feel like he's doing that enough. I don't feel like he's reaching his, his, his base which are the youth, and telling them to go vote. It's more so of pointing out what this the, the Republican Party is doing, pointing out what the Democratic Party may be doing. Yeah, that's all good and dandy, but right now this is where it's needed because we need the, the young vote to go out and vote. And a lot, sad but true, a lot of my people aren't doing it. A lot of the, the, the people in our generation aren't doing it because they're so focused on, Bernie said he going, man, he said he's going to go ahead and uh, get rid of our student loans. But he's not telling you in order for me to even get to that point, I need you to go vote first. And I think the thing with Bernie, what happened is, you know, when Barack was running both times, you felt this 
you know, Bernie tried to say, you know, we need a revolution. Well, I think we do in this, this country. We need a revolution. And, you know, when Barack was, was running, you felt like it was your moral duty to go out and vote for this man and to make sure that this, this happened. And since then, I just don't see that. And you saw people voting that probably haven't voted since. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and, and since then, I just haven't seen that spark. Uh, and people, you know, where you saw communities getting together, you saw people, you know, pull, pull, um, carpooling people to the, the voting stations. You know, people were so excited where they felt like they had an obligation. And what is it going to take, you know, for this country to get to get that feeling again? I, I don't know. I agree, Jen. Will we ever get that? I agree, Jen. Jen, they got, um, that. They got because, that feeling. They don't have it on the Democratic side, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, that, what, you, what you saw? I'm serious. I that's what, what you saw from Barack in 2018, you saw on the Trump side in 2016. Right. See, the thing about right. it is nobody takes into account. Uh, oh, sorry about that. What a lot of people don't take into account is Donald Trump has been campaigning for president since the moment Barack Obama got elected. Mm-hmm. He did a straight eight years of galvanizing his base galvanizing them for eight years so that when he finally ran, he had a built-in hardcore audience that had been following him for the length of time people usually follow a two-term president. Mm -hmm. And so you did see on that side them saying, oh, we got to get up and call. The energy in the Republican Party for Donald Trump was not the same as the energy for Mitt Romney or Jonathan. So you see it. You just see it on the other side right now. And and that's the unfortunate part. It is, and I agree with Bill. You know, like now people are underestimating the power of marketing and media. Like him, love him, hate him. Donald Trump is a marketing master. You know, I struggle sometimes. I I look at him in the professional me, which is in sales and marketing. You know, says, dang, you know, sometimes they laugh at me. You know, I tell my team, I'm not telling you to lie, I'm telling you to reconstruct the truth. And, and and that's how Donald Trump views himself. You know, he he's a master of it. And we have to, you know, I don't know how many people watch Bill Maher, but I agree with him on, on the point where he says, you know, Donald Trump is not afraid to get dirty. He's not afraid to win dirty. He's not afraid to, to be dirty. He, he's just not afraid. Mm-hmm. And the Democratic Party is over here, I'm going to do it fair. I'm going to do it, you know, I'm going to be good and all this and all that. While you got somebody playing dirty cards with hidden cards up under the table. We got to get some hidden cards, too. We, we've got to start playing on the same playground that he plays or we're going to lose yeah. every time. Yep. And I think, I think, um, I think when... Go ahead and make your point, Bill. And once you get finished with that yeah, point, we have a clip that we're going to go ahead and play real quick. Okay, I was just going to say, I think, Jen, I think that when they did the uh, the impeachment trial, I think that displayed it the best to show that being, this all this just and us being all upright and all that, that's not helping us at all. We're not helping at all. No, the all impeachment right. trial was a waste of time. I feel you. All right, y'all, here's a clip real quick about uh, Joe Biden connecting with the black community in black America. Y'all check this one out, see if it can bring any other thoughts up. Here we, go. we are seeing black voters overwhelmingly choose Joe Biden just as black voters have chosen him in previous elections. States like 
Missouri, Michigan, Mississippi that have large black populations have decided that Joe Biden is the candidate of their choice over Bernie Sanders. Just over a week ago, many of the pundits declared that uh, this candidacy was dead. Now we're very much alive. One of the reasons Joe Biden is doing so well with black voters is because a significant percentage of the black electorate is older voters. This is a group that Joe Biden does especially well with voters over 65. But we have seen data show that there are voters under 45 that are choosing Joe Biden as well in the black community. One of the groups that Bernie Sanders does best with are young voters, young black voters under 30. But younger voters just aren't turning out in big enough numbers for Bernie Sanders to perform better than Joe Biden. This appears to be a failure among the Sanders campaign in terms of its reputation and perception with older black voters, black women, and other segments of the black community that vote in high numbers. As often as we talk about black voters as a monolithic group, we have data showing that the group is actually pretty diverse in some of its political leanings. We have younger voters who are far more progressive uh, than older voters. We have Southern voters who take their uh, political worldview from a more socially conservative, uh, Christian, biblical perspective. Uh, we have urban voters in big cities who, are, who lean more left and are more likely to be highly educated. All of these different groups are debating amongst themselves what is ultimately best for the black community. And one of the ways they are doing that is looking at the past records of these candidates and thinking also about what future they believe would be best for black Americans in a post-Trump country. It has been said that it will be impossible to win the Democratic nomination without the support of the black electorate. And as of right now, Joe Biden has that by far. All right. I guess they're saying Joe Biden is connecting with us very much. I don't know about that. I'm, I don't. I don't feel a connection. I mean, <laughs> you got to look at the numbers, man. I don't think we are in that demographic. When you think about yeah. like the age graphic in which you know those are you know voters over forty five, um, you know, probably. Well, this is my question. This is my question. Where are all these voters come from? Like, who really support Joe Biden, and then why? Like, what are your reasons for supporting Joe Biden, really? Because, you know, like, my wife and I, like, we discuss this all the time. Like, some people can't even identify the policies in which they like about Joe Biden. They just like Joe. Uh, so where are these that's normally, yeah, That's normally the case. It's a popularity contest. When you think about politics, it's all about a popularity yeah. contest. People like Reagan mm-hmm. because they like his movies. They like right. The Rock because, hey, I mean, he reminded them of the cool cat that could be next door. You know, I mean, it's all popularity. But right now, the people that like uh, Trump, more so, it's not even his policies. More so, they make him make them feel a, a certain way. I mean, if, if you listen to this guy too long, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but it, it, he makes my head hurt. I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot listen to him over five minutes. But I, I can't do it. I cannot. Right. Uh, but with Biden, um, like I said, I just don't feel that connection. I really don't feel like he will be the one that's going to get us to where we need to be. Uh, hopefully he has a vice president, like you said, Jen, uh, that will enforce the things that need to be done for our community. But I doubt that mm-hmm. also. Now, one of the questions I, I that we posed before we run out of time. Period. 
I, 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 oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was going to say one of the questions that we posed so we can move along with the show. Um, just looking at the whole situation with COVID-19 and the bombardment of that coverage, and if you look at the addition to the President Trump is on television at all times, is this a ploy to ensure that he gets the amount of coverage and all that extra promotion and publicity that he needs to push him over to another election? Man, no, no. Trump tanking right now, man. No. He is he he is completely faltering right now. And I've said it on this show before and I'll say it and I'll and until this passes, if it passes. The most presidential person on T V right now is Andrew Cuomo. Yes. I want him to run Trump, for president. Trump is completely faltering. The more he talks, the worse it gets. Which is why I keep saying, as long as Biden doesn't do anything stupid, he's got a shot. But I want I want to answer, I want to address a point that Kev made earlier in terms of, you know, I don't think it's going to be his VP pick, and I think, it, okay, let me put it into perspective, get some context to this. <clears throat> in 2019, I worked a lot of nonpartisan campaigns, right? One of which there was an open there was a Senate seat open. Uh, in Mississippi, and there were two Republicans running from it. One was probably more of a, you know, a moderate, you know, more almost towards center Republican. The other one was a Trump retweeting, you know, right wing nut job. Mm-hmm. And so that put me in a unique position that I've not been in in quite some time, where I got a chance to really speak to a lot of Republican voters. They, unfortunately fortunately and unfortunately, are very much engaged from the top down to the bottom, from president down to city council, from, you know, from constable to secretary of state. They are fully engaged in that. And a lot of them will justify their vote based on the other appointments that come along with it, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look at Biden, you have to look at more than just Biden and whether he picks Stacey Abrams, Kamala Harris, Val Deming, or whomever as his VP choice. But you have to look from the standpoint of, okay, who is he likely to appoint as Secretary of HUD? Who is he likely to appoint as, as Secretary of Education? When you see, that's when, because, and that's why I tell people when they're like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm going to vote down ballot. I'm not going to vote for president. You're not voting for one person. You are literally voting for their entire administration. Mm-hmm. Ben Carson has completely flubbed things as Secretary of Hood. Bessie DeVos is the worst that you could have Good ever Lord. put over Man. the education of the United States of America. So when you start to looking at the cabinet, we have got on our side, we've got to get just a little bit more involved at possible cabinet picks, which is why when they have rumblings about people like Julian Castro or uh, even even Pete Buttigieg, uh, which I think is going to have, he's going to end up with some type of cabinet position. Right. To be completely honest, mm-hmm. Amy, I mean, Amy I mean, Kobe I mean, Shaw. he has a plethora of people that he could choose from. I mean, you might as well just exactly. go down the line and plug into pieces, man. And to but, Jim's but point, for real, that's when you start point. breaking down who were the other people that are going to be involved in the campaign for a Joe Correct. Biden. Where if, if it were all on Joe Biden, we all know it'd be in terrible hands. But you know, I would feel pretty good, even if I don't necessarily know, because a lot, 
a lot of people have kind of unfairly gone after Kamala Harris and, and not jumped on the other. But I would feel comfortable with a, a, a an AG Kamala Harris. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you Correct. get what I mean? Um, the, and what's more that, scary is the, the Supreme Court nomination. We have to think about that. Like Ruth Bader yeah. Ginsburg is probably in some oxygen oh, chamber hanging lady. on with, yeah. a, with a stream. Um, yeah. The next president will pick the next uh, um, uh, justice. They will pick yeah. the next justice, and that's for life, and that will affect our children and our grandchildren. Well, see, here's well, the thing about that, Jen, and, and this is why I think it's important about your cabinet pick. Because something that Pete, and I'm not a big fan of Pete Buttigieg, but something he said, <coughs> excuse me, a few months back that I thought made the most sense. There is no mandate that says that we have to have the current number of Supreme Court justices that we have. You could very well appoint other justices. So you could balance it out a lot more, which is what Pete Buttigieg talked about doing. If you have 13 justices as opposed to nine, oh, well, you've balanced it out a lot more than you would not. There is nothing in the Constitution that says that we have to have the current number of Supreme Court justices. And those are the types of things when you talk about the type of people you're bringing into your cabinet to advise you, Mm -hmm. that's the type of stuff Mm -hmm. that you have to take into consideration. Now, I heard Kev groan Mm -hmm. a little bit. Kev, I got to ask you a question because nobody has given me a definitive answer on this. What about Kamala Harris's record specifically? Do you not like? Well, it, it's not. I already know what you're gonna say. The, the part, yeah, yeah, you already know. As far as the amount of black men that were locked up under her appointment in Cali, because I can, mean, can she, you pull, can, not, can you pull the numbers the fact, on that? It's not. Well, the, I don't have. Okay, the, I don't have that in that, front of me. I don't the reason have in front that I say that is because okay. the number decreased from the time that she was the um from the time she was at, in, in her uh, position. In California, it decreased at a at a historical low when she left and ran for Senate. Yes, Nick, there is a we were, there's we a lot of misinformation. We 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 had more people of our hue locked up, period, under her. Regardless of the decrease of it, Nick, it was still more no, that's, and no, harsher that's, for us. That's 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 mathematically incorrect. No, okay. if it uh-huh. were if in her first year. It was at, let's say, 10, and by the time she got out, it had been a steady decline down to 1. No, that's, that's actually but see, that's Nick, actually even, the even look, 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 think about it. How, even, and I don't want to get too caught up on this one right here. Even with us in, our, in America, we so-called make up 13 to 18% of the population, but numerically, we're more people in the prison system than anybody else in the country. So how and that's that in any state, even in the same thing, California. That's in, that's in, that's in every state. That's, 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 that's in New York. Yep. That's I, I understand state. that. You can't, you can't blame that, somebody for the number that was there the first year they were in office, especially if it began to decline during their time in office. You can't, well, you can't, you can't you blame them for that. On our next show, that's like, that's, on our next show. That's like blame, on our, hold on. That's like blaming mm-hmm. Barack Obama for the unemployment numbers in 2009. No, 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 no. Which it's not that. It's not that did. simple, Nick. I will get the numbers for you, so I can't. I can't speak upon it right now, but I'll have okay. the numbers, just, and we're okay. gonna talk about this. But, but the reason I say that is because some people talk about Val Demings. Well, go ahead. Ah, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what the problem with, with her is. I, I'll tell you, and it doesn't <laughs> boil down to she was a prosecutor. That was her job to lock people up, right? Right. That was her job. But 
it all boiled down to her problem was relatability. She comes off as a snarky black. And I'm saying this, I know we just had the show about being, you know, being professional and being black and, 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 you know, code switching. But, you know, she black on on the inside side and not the outside side kind of black. And that's how people view her. You know, she black like this and not like that. And so, you know, they she just didn't relate. She just didn't relate. She came off snarkish. She came off bitchish. Out of place. Uh, whether that's true or not, it just that's just how she came off. I would just like to say that there was an unfair judgment of her in her in terms of her prosecution, her record as a prosecutor, as opposed to someone like Amy Klobuchar, who had a much worse record and didn't catch any of the smoke. And then to have people say that it was her record that, that they're like, no, I don't want her to be VP, but they want to support Val Demings, who was a police chief in Florida. Because we don't like so black there, people there, who there, lock up other black people, Nick. We don't so, like it. So that, that was her so job to lock up black so people, why? but we don't like black people locking up black people. So, right, so that's it right there. People trying to support Val Demings, who was a police chief. Val Demings was the chief of police, directly responsible, directly responsible for the people in her county in Florida being locked up. That's what I'm saying. There's a hypocrisy when it comes to Kamala Harris that other people don't get. But I it's agree with you. So, we can address that in detail so, in the other show. Yeah. We already know what it is. We'll break it down. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we may have to revisit this show. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. We had some technical difficulties today, so uh, <laughs> thank everybody for still, t- you know, hanging in with us, and uh, hopefully this uh, replay will come up and, and people can download it and listen to it and uh, hear the energy that we're putting into this show. I know it can be a little bit yeah. hard. We can go a little bit harder than this, but uh, right now, let's go ahead and try to wrap it up. Uh what would the future thoughts, look man. like for black America under mm-hmm. either candidate? If you get Joe Biden in office and if we have Trump to continue, what will what would it look like for black America? What are we looking for? What are we looking for? You'll have under are, are we talking both or just okay, let's 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 break either down one. Either, either one. one. either one. Either one. Either one. Either one. Scenario this for is, either this one. Is what, yeah. This is what we get with a continued Trump presidency. We get more appointments of unqualified, right-wing, nutjob federal judges and lifetime appointments. That's the first thing we get. We get Betsy DeVos continue as Secretary of Education and Mm -hmm. more devaluing and defunding of public schools in America, which disproportionately affects African-American children. We get four more years of Ben Carson who has made it quite plain and clear that he has absolutely no, no sympathy or any type of plan for people who are in the HUD sector. We get more of a president who regularly lies at a record pace this time. We will get more Supreme Court justices because RBG is not going to live another four years. I'm not being funny. You're going to get more Supreme Court justices who are right-wing that job, also in lifetime appointments, and you'll get another case like the Byron Allen case that rolled by civil rights protection, like the 1866 mm-hmm. civil rights law. That's yep. what we right. get yep. Trump stays in office, which is why I tell everyone, it's not just about the person on top of the ticket. Get off of your asses and look at the bigger picture and see the things that are not just going to affect us for the next 
four years, but for the next 40 years. Yes. All right. Great one. Jen, what will we we get beneath a Joe Biden for the next four years? Well, I think you say what Nick says. If we do not support Joe Biden and when the next time comes around and we don't elect a Senate and a House that supports him, then nothing is going to change. Um, that That's where we're at. We have to elect. You know, he can have a cabinet. He can have all these people. But if we don't have mm-hmm. a House and a Senate who pass bills, who make laws that support right. him in, in any agenda that he has, then all of it will be obsolete. If we do then we'll start to lay the groundwork of more diversity. We'll get back on the path that we left off on, on 2016, and start to move forward into some of the areas that we need addressing in America, just like housing disparities, just like loan disparities, just like Mm -hmm. our education reform. We're seeing these big gaps. I think COVID-19 has shined a big gap in our health industry for minorities, for people of all right. colors, um, how our whole health system is still not fixed, even after Obamacare. We need mm-hmm. universal health care. It's not on his ticket, but maybe uh, that'll be one of the progressive things that he does pick up. We need a lot of things to be addressed, and I think that he, if he's elected, he will be more open or forced to address some of the progressive agenda that – Obviously, America needs right now, especially since COVID nineteen. Right. Okay. Nick, and I also Nick feel, uh, hey, what you got? What you got? Um, Al? I feel like uh, you know we need to give our people hope, man. Like we have to, like Nick said, like we are giving up a lot of things that is going to put us in a predicament to where we would not be able to have a voice or we're not be able to make the changes in which we need to have a better life, to have better situations, to have. Uh-oh. Oh, God. All right. While he um, goes away, I'll say this. If we're not careful, we're going to be – if we don't elect the right person, we could easily be at a war. I forgot to say that, too. We could easily be at a war. I agree. Uh, we, we've forgotten about South Korea – or North Korea, sorry. We've forgotten about North Korea. We've forgotten about a lot China, of – Russia. You know, Russia. We've forgotten about China. Uh, I'm real suspicious right. about COVID-19 being the groundwork for like biological warfare. Things like that yeah, could we, be happening in the mix. Right. We could be faced with a lot of things worse than COVID-19 if we are not careful. And if I can just get my little two cent in it, I'm worried about if, if Trump continues and he wins, I'm worried about him passing on and Biden, uh, I mean, Pence becoming uh, the president. That's one thing I'm worried about because he's a nutcase. And if Biden wins, Lord forbid if something happened to him, if we if we don't have a strong VP, we're going to have problems. Either way, I don't think America is going to be what we know before this year. 2020 then flipped everything on his, on his head. So we're, we're in a strange time right now. Uh, but we do appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight uh, to the Middleman Talk Show. I think uh, if y'all would agree, I think we need to do a part two. Of this show, I agree. Because, um, there's a lot of things that we couldn't cover, didn't cover, didn't get the chance to cover, and I think we need to cover. And also for our listening audience, man, we appreciate Bill too uh, for hanging in there with us tonight, and everybody that called in. Um, but I want to hear from our audience because I know there's a lot of people out there that may have uh, 
input that they want to put into this conversation. So I would say let's do a part two possibly. Even if we do it next week, I'm cool with that. But we definitely need to do a part two to this and and really express what our people need to hear, what we need to be looking forward to here on out. That's all I had. Got a minute left. Yeah, I want to do a part two. I want to do a part two on on the sending in the house and how we yeah, can vote got, these old people and, out. And we gonna and we oh, gotta yeah. talk to uh we gotta talk to Nick about his girlfriend Kamala Camilla Camilla whatever her name is. So I'm good. Yeah, who black like yeah. this and not like this? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, I love you like a brother. I don't love you like a brother. I can't nope. wait to decimate you with this. You, you can't wait decimate to decimate nothing. You ain't gonna do nothing. All right, y'all, let's get on up out of here. All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.